Okay, uh, Exodus chapter number chapter number 17. I want to start reading in verse number 8. Starting in verse number 8, it says, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. It came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let it down, down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. He took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side, the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And Mo the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book. And rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out a remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. I think I'm preaching to myself tonight, folks, and I hope I'll step on your toes as well. Amen. Um, we need help in the area which I'm going to talk about tonight, and we need this to be vital in our lives if we're going to see revival, because if it doesn't happen, we're not going to get it. In this text, the Israelites had gone to battle against the Amalekites, the enemies of God. And as Moses lifted his hands up to heaven, he lifted his hands up to God, the children of Israel won the battle. They were granted victory. They had God enabling them to see victory wrought in the midst of his people. But when his arms fell, they started to lose the battle. And I'll tell you, boy, there's a powerful illustration there for us. Amen. As we study this passage tonight, there's a spiritual principle here that God is revealing to us. I want us to see many times in these Old Testament stories, uh, we see wonderful uh, New Testament truths for the born-again Christian. And in this story of Moses and the children of Israel, God is portraying for us the desperate need of his people to keep their hands uplifted in prayer. Amen. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 11, it says, And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. What a great picture this is for us of how important it is for us as well as for others that we would be continually with our hands uplifted to God in prayer. We desperately, we desperately need this to take place. This is not just for the pastor. This is for God's right. people. If we want to see victory right in the midst of God's people, we want to be revived again, then we're going to have to be a people who do not grow weary in holding our hands up to heaven in prayer. And I think that's exactly what's happened. I think God's people have just grown weary of praying. They've given up, they've given up on praying. They've, they've gotten too busy for praying. And we see the enemy starting to win, do we not? Amen. You look at our country, you look at America. We see the division. We see the conflict. We see the chaos. 
We see the extreme evil and wickedness. And I ask you, what is the problem, Christians? Well, let me tell you, I believe the problem is that God's people have allowed their hands to get weary. And Man. instead of praying on for God, they've dropped their hands. Man. We've started to lose the battle. Hey, listen, might I, might I speak to you for a minute tonight about Christians getting their hands back up, lifted to God in prayer. That we might see God move in the midst of his people God. again. That we might see God enable us to see prevailing victory and revival again in the midst of his people. Because his people, once again, have gotten back to that place of prayer. Amen. As Elijah and Sammy say, uh, sang today, I can pray, right? Amen. There's not a person in the building tonight that cannot do this. Spiritual battles are won in a spiritual way. If yeah. we're going to see God grant us victory in this life, it's going to be because we've been people of prayer. Do you want this church to go on? Yeah. I'd like to see this church go on. Yeah. I'd like to see this church flourish. I'd like to see lots of people saved and added to this church and wonderful revival Amen. break out. But I'm going to tell you, folks, it's not going to happen if we won't be a people of prayer. Us. You know, we could even, I mean, we're praying for revival, right? We, I mean, we could see, even if we did not see revival in our country, do you realize we could see revival here in this place? God. Amen. In, in the midst of God's people, we God. could see revival. Listen, if, if you personally even would just get back to the place where, where your prayer life is revitalized and you've got your hands lifted up to heaven and you're really just on fire for God in your prayer life. Listen, you can have personal revival even if we don't have it as a church. Hey. We say we want it, but oftentimes we just say, well, I'm too tired. Yeah, come on. I need it, but I'm too tired. I've got this going on. I've got that going on. But I'm just too tired. Was not if Moses' hands weary? Listen, folks. We need to get back to the place. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season, right. what? Yeah. Ye shall. Ye shall reap. If you faint not. Amen. May God help us. May the yes, Lord speak to our hearts. Well, I'll tell you what we need this, folks. Because we're prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Amen. Hey, I'm preaching to myself. I'd be at the altar already tonight if I was not the one preaching tonight. Because I'll tell you what, we as Christians, we are so prone to get astray from what's most important. We get so caught up with all the physical things that are going on in our world, in our society, in our lives, that we forget what is most important. We neglect what is most important, and then we start to lose the battle. Is that not what's happening here? His hands started going down, and they started suffering defeat. Instead of enjoying victory, instead of enjoying God moving in the midst of them and reviving them and energizing them to win the fight, they started losing. Why? Because the hands of the man of God started, started going down. Listen, men and women of God, God needs you in this day and age to live a life of uplifted hands. May we not let them go down again. We need to be like that. Man. And I'll tell you, it's hard because it's not, it's not according to your flesh, is it? I mean, your flesh wants to do everything to keep you from praying. It, does, it is a spiritual thing. As the Apostle Paul 
stated, that which I want to do, I do not. Amen. And that which I don't want to do, I do. Our carnal nature does not want to pray. And you've got to fight against that prayer. You know, I think the best way to pray is even before you get ready to pray, pray. Yeah. Pray, Lord Jesus, help me. Yeah. Lord Jesus, Amen. I know I'm miserable and I'm wretched. And if it's up to me, I'll not get on my knees today and pray. So, oh God, even before I get to tomorrow, Jesus, I'm asking you, I need your help. You bring Amen. me to that place of prayer. Because, God, I know I'm not going to win the battle, oh Jesus. I'm not going to see revival if I won't get on my knees in prayer and lift up my hands to heaven. So, Jesus, may you help me. Yes, because I know that you can grant me the victory. I can't do it. In my flesh, it's no good thing. And in my flesh, I will suffer defeat. If I'm trying to do it in my own self, in my own power, it'll not happen. Oh, may God help us to see that this is a desperate need. We want revival. It's going to have to happen. We're going to have to quit playing patty cake, patty cake, and get to business about praying. Amen. Amen. Because I preach on it. Brother Darrell touches on it. it it's, it's not something that's absent from our church. It's just absent from our lives. Good. And we know what we ought to do. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir tonight. I know you guys all know. If I was to ask anyone in the building tonight, should we pray? You're going to say, yes, preacher, we should pray. But I think the oddest thing is, if I was to ask everyone in the building tonight, including myself, do you pray enough? Help me, Lord. I think Amen. we have to look down and just say, oh, Lord, help me. Bye. I don't pray like I need to. And I don't pray like I ought to. And if we want to see revival, something's going to have to change. Because we can say we want it all that we want. Oh, how I want revival. Oh, how I want revival. Oh, how I want God to grant victory in the midst of his people. Oh, how I desperately desire to see God touched down in this place and souls swept into the kingdom and the church of God set on fire for Jesus Christ. Oh, how I desire to see that happen. But have you grown weary? Have your hands fallen down? Because when God's people pray less or go prayerless, God's people suffer defeat. God's people grow dead. God's people are not revived. They're not energized. They're not victorious. Listen, we, we can sing, I'm on the winning side, all we want to sing, because we are, in the end, we're going to win the battle. But I'll tell you, Christian, Oftentimes, right now, I see us losing because we are not fighting the spiritual battle in the spiritual way that God intended. We're doing the, the, the visible things, right? I mean, we get our checklist. I'm reading the Bible. I go to church. I pray a little bit. Check, 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 right? But I'll tell you what, we don't even know what it means to pray. Sure. You look back at the type of people that prayed in the day when they were having revival. And I'll tell you what, our prayer lives are pathetic compared to what theirs were. Those two widow women Daryl talks about so frequently. Well, I bet it would have been a wonder just to be around those two ladies. Couldn't even go to church, but they were just so dedicated to prayer. By the sounds of it, they just never stopped praying. They were just praying all the time. 
They so desperately desire to see God move in their midst. You read about some of the great men of the past. Ian Bounds writes a, a book called Power Through Prayer. He said, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more, or, and not more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. This is a man that prayed from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. every morning. In his book, he gives examples of godly men who prayed, men who you would be familiar with, men who lived during the days of seeing revival. They prayed for two and three and four or more hours a day. I mean, our that blows our minds to even think that men could do such things. But they did. And God gave them revival. I've read through David Brainerd's diary. I don't have a copy of it right now, but I need to get another copy because I read through it. And every time I read through it, I'm like, oh, God, have mercy on me. Woe is me. I feel like when I read that man's diary and see how close he was to God, and how holy of a life he lived and how dedicated he was to prayer. All I can do is like Isaiah say, woe is me, I'm undone. But this man was so on fire to see the Indians won to Christ that he was passionate about his prayer life. You read of his holy devotion. And it was said that he would, he would literally go and pray in the forest and in New England, he would pray so fervently that he would literally melt the snow all around him. It's amazing, is it not? I mean, people nowadays would barely come to church if the air conditioner breaks Good. or if the heat goes out. This man out in freezing cold was melting holes in the snow with prayer. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, I've read in his testimony of Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret, one of the books written about his testimony, written by his children and his children would testify that when they would go to a Chinese hotel this is a man that saw multitudes crazy numbers of people getting saved and it was during those times of revival as well they were experiencing it over there well we were experiencing it over on this side of the world as well and he would take and these one-room Chinese hotels uh, he would take and he would curtain off one corner of that hotel of that, of that room. And at midnight his children would testify that he would strike a match and they would see the flicker of candlelight as he sought his Lord in the quietness of the midnight hour because he wanted to be able to be alone with God without any distractions, free from the noise of all that was going on during the day. And you, I could give you testimony after testimony after testimony. These are men. They, they made it the, that which was of prime importance in their life. You know what the sad fact is? That we modern Christians have not made prayer. We've not placed it in a place of importance. In fact, the truth is that if we analyze it, we find out that we give a whole lot of place of importance to Hollywood in our television sets than we do to God. Now, just in your mind, you think for a second, how much time do I spend watching a television 
compared to how much time I spend in prayer. You say, well, I couldn't pray three and four hours a day, preacher. I just couldn't do it. I don't have time to pray three or four hours a day. I don't have time to pray one hour a day. How much time do you spend watching television? You really need to watch television, you know. It's really helpful for you, is it not? Come on now, folks. I'm, I'm speaking to myself as well as to you. We're all made of the same stuff. Right. But the reality is, it shows us just how carnal we are. Because the reality right. is, we'd much rather feed our flesh by watching a stinking television than getting on our knees alone with God and asking for God to send revival. And why have we done it? Because we, our hands have grown weary and we've gotten tired and we decided, well, forget this. It's hard. I'm going to just go feed the flesh and relax. I'm not going to pray. And we're not going to see revival that way, folks. We need to be a people with continually uplifted hands to God in prayer. I'll tell you, folks... We are in a constant spiritual battle. Amen. Um, this world, living in this world is a battle. Battling your flesh. Battling with sin. But I'll tell you what, there's spiritual powers of darkness out there as well that we are battling with. And the greatest weapon we have is that great spiritual weapon which is called prayer. How many of you want to go into battle today and put down your, your, your weapons? I mean, the way it is right now, most of us don't want to go downtown in the major cities of America without carrying our weapon. <laughs> but how many want to go to a battlefield and say, okay, my, uh, my AK-47 is going to lay here. I'm going to just walk on in. My sword's going down. I'm not bringing that thing in, right? Of course not. And yet we disarmed ourselves as Christians because we've laid down the strongest weapon we have, which is strong in fervent prayer. We've laid it down and said, I'm too tired. I don't have enough time for it. You know, you make time for what's important, don't you? It's good. Amen. You have enough time to watch television. You have enough time to go on vacations. You have enough time to go out to eat, to do all the fun things that you want to do. How come you don't have enough time to pray? Come on now. I'm preaching to myself. I told you I was going to step on some toes tonight. But you know it's the truth of what I'm saying tonight. And I'll tell you, folks, we really, if we want to see this happen, we're going to have to get serious about this thing of prayer. We can't, we can't keep on just going on like we are saying, okay, yeah, I need a prayer. I really do. I need a pray. Go home. Okay, flip on the television. <laughs> you see what I mean? May God help us. Amen. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual, fervent, that's continuous, that's with heat, so to speak, without giving up, that's persistent, it can avail much. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Romans 12, 12, he wrote, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Colossians 
continued in prayer and walked in the same with thanksgiving. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 7, where he's dealing with um, the parable of that persistent widow. In verse number 1 of that text, and he says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to grow weary, not to give up. You see, we are not to grow weary, we're not to give up, that God might answer our prayers. You see, the Bible has much to say about us being faithful in prayer and continuing steadfast in prayer. And truly, prayer is one of the most important aspects of the Christian life. Maybe it is the most important aspect of the Christian life. You know, it's, it's probably the most neglected aspect, too, because nobody sees but you and God. No matter how hard we try, we all like to appear spiritual, so we're going to come to church. <laughs> we're going to read our Bibles, but nobody really knows how much you pray besides you and the Lord. Amen. But I'll tell you, we desperately need it, and if we want revival, it's going to have to happen. Boy, if just two widows could start a revival in, in England, in Wales, or wherever that was there, I think it was a Welsh revival. Just think of what a couple, few people here in Victory Baptist Church could do if we'd really get on fire yeah. for God and just determine, hey, I'm going to be serious about this thing of prayer. Because you see, folks, prayer is believing that he, your God, hears you and will answer your prayers. Praying is, is your fellowship. It's your communion with your Savior. It's, it's your faith and action. It's casting all your cares on him. Truly believing he's going to take care of it. Truly believing he's going to hear you and he's going to answer you. Amen. And ultimately, prayer is vital. It's vital to our growth. It's vital to us being what we ought to be as Christians. And it is a key. It is not just vital. It is a key to God reviving us again. When Moses' hands went down. Were they winning the battle or losing the battle? They were losing the battle. Why do you think we're losing the battle here in America? Well, I sincerely believe it's because God's people have let their hands go down. They've got so weary. They've got so tied up in the world and the cares of the affairs and the other things that are going on that they have no time for what's most important to get on their knees and pray. You see, when we stop praying, instead of having faith that God will answer our prayers and give us victory, instead of this, we try in our own feeble efforts to solve the problems of life in our own power. And you know what happens when we do that? We miserably fail. You see, if we expect to succeed in our, in our Christian life, if we expect to have victory, if we want to see God grant us revival, 
We have got to keep our hands uplifted to God in prayer. We cannot grow weary in this spiritual labor because this is the greatest weapon we have in our arsenal, Christians, and we need to use it, and we need to use it daily. It's vital. In fact, in Ephesians 6.18, the verse that concludes Paul's explanation of the armor of God and how you can use the spiritual tools God has given us to have spiritual victory, he concludes that section by saying, praying always with all prayer and supplication. You see, prayer is a vital necessity in the Christian life. And ultimately, you and I cannot live a godly Christian life without God helping us to do it. As I said earlier, I don't think we're even going to pray like we ought to unless we pray ahead of time. Lord, help me, because my flesh is weak. And if it's up to my flesh, I know what my flesh is going to do. It's going to hit the alarm clock and say, sleep longer. <laughs> and we're not going to see revival, folks. Unless the Lord steps down and starts working in our midst. And that's not going to happen unless God's people get their hands lifted up to heaven again. Listen, church, when we refuse to pray or when we simply are too busy to pray or when we just are too lazy to pray, maybe that's the vast majority of the time. We are saying, God, I don't need your help. God, I can make it on my own. God, I'm able to live a godly Christian life in my own power. God, somehow, by all my endeavors, I can make revival come about. But it's not going to happen without God, my friend. You need him, and that's why you need to pray. Not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's what the Bible says. If we're going to do anything worth anything, it's going to be by his power. And that's going to right. happen when we as God's people get our hands lifted to heaven and call on him to do a mighty work in our midst. In our text here in Exodus, we see that only when Moses had his arms uplifted to God, then and only then could the children of Israel win the battle and have the victory that they needed. But as soon as he got too tired to hold up his hands to God in his hands, the hands of prayer started to fall. Then the enemy started to, to, to take over and they started losing the battle. I think this is exactly what has happened in America today. What has happened in American churches today. In American Christians' lives today. You see, in our text, it was as Moses' hands were once again uplifted to God. What happened? Hey, listen, folks. They started experiencing victory again. Amen. Hey, listen. God stepped down in that place once again. And God started to move in that place again. And God started to grant victory in that place again. When God's people got their hands lifted up to heaven once again. You see, our enemy and our adversary, boy, he, he is just waiting. He is just longing for the opportunity when he could just pounce on us and attack us. 
and bring us to a lifeless, dead, and defeated Christianity. Boy, he loves to do that. And he'll use all the tools in his arsenal. He'll use our flesh. Wow. I mean, he'll use the world. He'll use whatever sin he can to try to lure us and distract us and get all the cares and the fears of the world. Boy, he's going to use all those things to get us sidetracked from what's most important so we, he can keep us lifeless and dead and defeated in our Christian life. Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants us defeated and void of victory and void of life and literally devoured. So we have no opportunity to do anything for God. In our text, the Amalekites wanted to destroy and literally annihilate the people of God. And let me tell you, Christian, so also does Satan desire to annihilate, totally destroy, and defeat us. He is the enemy of our souls. We are in a spiritual battle. Again, if we're going to win a spiritual battle, we've got to do it in a spiritual way. We do not fight with flesh and blood. blood. That's what the Bible tells us. We don't need to go down in the streets and protest and start beating people up. We have a spiritual battle to fight here, and it's going to be fought on your knees with your hands uplifted to heaven. But listen, folks, we know that just as in the story in Exodus 17, a people with uplifted hands to God, a people who are constant in prayer, will be a people who will grow greatly in their Christian walk and their faith, who will be revived by the power of God, and who will be granted victory and triumph over their enemies and their adversaries. There'll be a people who will see God step down in their midst and powerfully show himself and move in their midst in a mighty way. Is that not what happened here when the hands of the man of God were lifted Amen. up? But if you believer, if you Christian, place little value on prayer, you say, well, I pray once in a while. I thank God for my food. I pray when I take a ride in the car. I say a little prayer when I go to bed or when I get up. Listen, friend, if you have such a nonchalant, who cares attitude about prayer, then guess what? What can you expect? Good. You can expect to face a defeated, lifeless Christian Man. life. Rather than a victorious, revived, vitalized Christian life that sees the very hand of God and the very power of God upon it. Listen, folks, prayer is vital to a victorious Christian life. And it is, as I said earlier, it is key to revival. We're starting these Sunday school lessons this upcoming Sunday. Do you want revival? If you really want it, you need to really pray like you want it. Don't say you want it and then just feed your flesh all week long and come to church next week and again and say, oh, how I want it. Because the reality is you don't really want it unless you're ready to do something about it. Good. Get home tonight. Get on your knees before God and say, oh, God, I know I'm miserable and I'm a wretch and I'm going to fail my flesh if it's up to me. So, God, bring me to that place of prayer tomorrow morning. Because you know God and I know that I need it. But my... 
My spirit's willing, but my flesh is weak. And if it's up to me, I'm not going to do it. Oh, God, help me. You see, we need it, folks. If we're going to ever do anything for God here, if we'll ever live as God desires for us to live, if we'll ever see revival, if we'll ever have victory, it will be because we have spent time in prayer close to him, the source of our strength and the source of our power and the source of our victory. Remember, there's nothing good in you. <laughs> so anything good that comes out of you comes out of you because you've been close to him. Amen. As 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, we must pray without ceasing. We've got to pray without ceasing. This is going to be the, become the habit of our life. Now, before we finish this evening, I want to ask you one more question. So we ponder on this as we think on this, because this is important. If, if you did nothing else but just grasp this one verse and just really chew on it this week and really think on it. Have I become defeated in my Christian life? Has our church, has our country become defeated because my hands have been let down and I'm not really praying like God desires? I believe God could do a work through that because we want the victory that God granted in this text. We want to see God move in our midst like he did in this text. And it didn't happen just because. It happened because the people of God had their hands uplifted to God in prayer. So as we finish today, I want to ask you one question. Do you think that real and serious prayer is going to be easy? Is it? I think if you're honest with yourself, you know the answer to that. It's not. It's contrary to our flesh. It's a spiritual thing. And anything that's spiritual goes against the flesh. Prayer, real prayer consumes time it requires our attention it requires our strength it requires that our energy be given to it but I believe if we're going to prevail we're going to have to be a free people of, uh, of prayer yeah. let me tell you Christians I, I think I can honestly tell you just by looking at my own life it is one of the hardest things for us to faithfully consistently Continue to do in your Christian life. I know looking back at my life, I've gone like this in my prayer life. I know where I need to stay. I need to stay up on that mountaintop with my hands uplifted to heaven. May God help us. Think about this a moment. A Christian in prayer is a, re a victorious, revived Christian. A Christian out of prayer is a spiritually defeated Christian, a lifeless, dead Christian. <laughs> Which one do you want to be? I think we know the answer. And you know, I'll tell you what, the devil's going to fight you every step of the way because the devil doesn't want you to win. He doesn't want you to have victory. He doesn't want to see God move powerfully in your life. And so he is going to fight you from every angle. He's going to give you too much work. He's going to give you too little sleep. He's going to send distractions and problems. And he'll keep you up all night watching TV. If that's what he's going to do to keep you from praying.
going to do everything he can to hear that prayer like because he knows how important it is. And oftentimes I think we allow him to do it. Boy, he can't steal your salvation from you. But boy, he can sure do a whole lot to bring you to a place of a defeated Christianity where you're lifeless and dead and not seeing a revived work of God in your life. And if he can hinder your prayer life, that he can defeat you and control you and devour you and quench any sparks of revival that might be starting. In our text, in verse 11 to 12, it tells us that Moses' hands got heavy and Moses got tired and then Israel started to lose the battle. Truly, oh, how happy the devil is when he can see God's people, their hands start to get weary and they start to fall to the place where they cannot prevail in the battle any longer. May God help us Christians to realize God wants, excuse me, God wants us to prevail in prayer. Don't give up. Don't fall by the wayside. As, as I said earlier, remember Galatians 6, 9. Be not weary and well-doing. Why? For in due season we shall reap if we fade not. We shall. Do you want to be a... Do you want to see the victory of God? Do you want to see God powerfully move in our midst? It's not going to happen when we say, oh, how I want revival, and we won't pray. We've got to get serious about this thing or it's not going to happen. And I'll tell you, I, I think, honestly, when I look back over my life, I can remember, and I've shared this with you all before, but in Ukraine, we were there for many years. I don't know, it was three or four years, and it seemed like... We passed out thousands of tracts. We tried to witness to numerous people. There was almost nobody in the church. And I was broken about it because I was doing everything humanly possible, everything physically possible to try to win people to Christ. And I wasn't winning anybody to Christ. And it was frustrating. I was defeated. I had no victory at that time. And that's when God brought me to my knees. And that's when God, I think you could say, brought me to my senses. And I said, oh, God, I don't know what you've got me doing here. I, I said, I feel like a missionary. I can't win any, anybody to Christ. It's pretty worthless. But, God, I know you wanted me to come here, and I know you wanted me to do this. And so, God, I'm just going to pray about it, and I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to plod on, and I'm going to just keep doing my best for you, God, as I continue in prayer. And God started to work, Christians. That's how God works. When God's people realize, I can't do this myself. I'm not going to make anything happen. If something's going to happen here, it's going to be because God moves on the scene. And listen, Christians, God is not going to move on the scene while you're just playing patsy with the world. When you're so tied up with the cares and the affairs of this world that you really don't care whether you pray or not. You know, the sad truth of the matter is, I just got done preaching this and probably many of us will go home tonight and we're not really going to care. What are you going to do about it? Do you sincerely, genuinely want revival? I hope that the answer is yes because I know we all want to say yes. We know that's the right answer to say. But I hope that your response will be a right answer. 
that you will be brought to the place of prayer, that you'll get back to that place where your hands are uplifted on a daily basis in prayer, because when the men and women of God have their hands uplifted to God in prayer, God moves on the scene. God starts to move in the midst of his people, and God starts to grant victory and revive and do a mighty work for God. And that's what we need to see. We need to see God move on the scene. And Christians are going to have to wake up and say, I'm going to get busy about God's business and put God first again. That's going to be involving a revival in our prayer life first and foremost. May God help us as we all stand to our feet tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed as the pianist comes to play, pray. Hope the Lord has spoken to your heart tonight. I'll tell you what, we need revival, folks. We really, really need it. And if it's going to happen, you, God's people, are going to have to get serious about praying. Would you come forward and pray about it tonight? Maybe the Lord specifically spoken to your heart about this issue, and you just say, God, I need help. Please help me to get back to that place of fervent prayer again, where my hands are uplifted to God in prayer daily like they need to be. Please, oh God, help me. Maybe you want to just come forward tonight. You know how you know how wretched your flesh is. You know your flesh is going to fight you every step of the way. And you just want to pray, oh God, help me. I know, I know if it's up to my flesh, and my flesh is no good thing, and I won't pray if it's up to my flesh. And so, God, I want to just give this thing to you. I want to ask you to cause me to, to be brought to that place of prayer because I realize how vital it is. Especially in these last days in which we're living. We need to see a move of God. We need God to revive us again. We need souls to be saved. Oh, may God help his people to get back to prevailing prayer once again. That God might move in the midst of his people. The Lord spoke into your heart. You come and pray. Oh, may God help us.